expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. We interrupt this broadcast with some important news. Let's rewind and check out the biggest news stories from this week. It's time time for Taiwan This Week. Good evening and welcome to Taiwan This Week, a roundup of the top news stories from around the island over the past seven days. I'm Keith Menconi of ICRT News. Joining me in studio today is Gavin Phipps, also of ICRT News. Gavin. Good evening. And by phone, we're joined by ICRT Central Taiwan correspondent Donovan Smith. Donovan. Good evening. Today we're talking about a halt to campaigning for KMT candidate Hong Shouju, the growing dengue fever crisis in Tainan, and new rankings out for Taiwan's mayors. Uh, Who's most loved, who's most hated, all your questions will be answered. But first, the news from the Hong camp wasn't the only jolt to the KMT this week. Former KMT Vice President Lian Zhan followed through on his plans to attend events in Beijing commemorating the end of World War II. Now, and as we've discussed, uh, the events are, of course, controversial because of an ongoing dispute over who won the war. The Ma administration has been publicly denouncing China's claims that communist forces played a significant role in defeating Japan. And so, you know, because of that, eyebrows were very much raised when the honorary chairman of the KMT attends events that are aimed at promoting the very view of history that Ma opposes. Uh, so, Leanne is back now. He came back yesterday, I believe. And uh, before we get to what people have been saying about the trip, uh, let's start with what he said while he was there. Because uh, he, he did have a couple things to say, Donovan. Yeah, he actually had quite a bit. Uh, first, first, he actually lobbed some... Uh uh, you know, on the first, he actually lobbed some um, uh, some peace offerings to Ma, saying that that uh, Xi Jinping, and he said this directly to him, that uh, should pay attention to his South China, that to Mining Joe's South China Sea's peace initiatives and all of that kind of thing, and then he basically stuck in the knife on the third and saying that China and Taiwan should write joint history of uh, of the of the war which uh, I think <laughs> did not go down well. Right. So, you know, this this history issue is already controversial. And, uh, I mean, maybe I'm over-interpreting this, but it sounds like he's saying that uh, Taiwan should be compromising and, and maybe adopting a, a view of history that is more similar to the mainland. Well, basically, he, he broke it down into... He tried to make it so that it sound, sounded like each side had two separate areas, that the the ROC... Had main battlefront, you know, the that the ROC military had the main battlefronts, the the big set piece uh, battles with with the Japanese, and that the the communists fought the rear guard behind the behind the lines war with with Japan, and that he wants to codify that as the the official narrative of what what happened. Right, and uh, that's basically the narrative that uh, China has been presenting and Ma has been rejecting. Yes. Uh, Okay, so uh, like Donovan said, none of that went down particularly well. Gavin, uh, what have people been saying about it? Yes, well, the presidential office said that it was saddened by and regretted Lien's attending the military parade in Beijing on September the 3rd. And the KMT as a party actually called, they had said it had deep regret again over Lien's presence in China. And in fact, it called his attendance at the event beyond understanding. 
However, kudos goes to former National Development Council head Guan Zhongming, who simply came out and said, this is absolutely despicable. Despicable <laughs> is the word he's using. Of course, uh, the KMT wasn't the only group that was uh, panning the visit. He also got heat from the Pan uh, Green Camp as well. That was the Taiwan Solidarity Unit and the DPP. That, was, that wasn't just directed at Lien himself, though. That was directed at something like 46 other former government officials, heads of parties here, and former generals and high-ranking military officers apparently attended this event in Beijing on September the 3rd. And, of course, the government had said they had advised these people not to go, and they went anyway. And then the opposition parties on Wednesday turned around and said, hang on a minute, we'd like a list of all the people that you know attended the event. To which the government said, no, we cannot provide that list. However, names that were put out there were two former KMT heavyweights, one a former Deputy Secretary General and one a former spokesperson. A spokesperson for the People First Party, that of course is James Sung's party, also went. And the head of the new party apparently attended it as well. All right, so, you know, the KMT expressing some bewilderment here. Uh, I kind of have to uh, understand where they're coming from, because I, I guess I don't fully uh, feel like I understand what was the rationale behind this trip either. Uh, Donovan, in, in, in your view, was this was there some kind of political uh, stratagem behind this? Was this a strategic move, or, or was it really uh, purely something that came out of ideology, a split in ideology between different camps in the party? Uh, basically, I think Lin John was was shoring up his own his own credentials after the 2005 and all of the his role in reconciliation between China and Taiwan. I think it was really pretty much about that. I, I don't think that there was uh, obviously the new party is going to support China. It's really not a major. Uh, it's not. Is something that any mainstream political party could could possibly support. I think this is really about the personal the the personal history between Lianjian and China. But of course, uh, and that's really basically what that's it. But of course, in China, it would have been reported as a great victory for the Chinese government to have Taiwan officials actually seated at the parade. Of course, yes. Uh, and uh, Gavin, of course, he is back in Taiwan now, right? Yeah, he flew back on Thursday evening. That was, of course, September the 3rd after the military parade in Beijing. And he he arrived at the airport with his wife at Taoyuan International. And he refused to speak to waiting reporters. That they shoved their camera lenses in his face and shouted questions at him. And he was quickly moved through the VIP channel and got out of the airport to avoid some probably around 100 protesters who had gathered at Taoyuan Airport to greet him on his return. But, of course, Lien didn't see them. But some of Lien's delegation, of course, had to go through the regular Joe Blow channels <laughs> at Taoyuan International Airport. Kind of left them out to dry there. Well, basically, and they were pelted by shoes from members of the Taiwan Solidarity <laughs> Union's youth group. All right. Which is hardly surprising. But that's that's quite interesting because that's the only... It, it, I wouldn't call that trouble. I mean, if you see television news footage of it, it wasn't a melee, it wasn't a scuffle, and there was no incidents of the police needing to be involved and getting between groups. Compared well, to his return welcome well, of, in 2005. Well, where his previous trips to China have been sort of marred and muddied, not only by him going there, but of course by his return. When I believe one of his trips, there was lots of black t-shirted young men at the airport and they clashed with opposition party people when he returned and the police did have to intervene in that melee alright well uh, if shoes are flying and people are getting hit uh, that must mean that the story is officially over that's how these stories wrap themselves up <laughs> up next 
going to move on to campaign politics. The Hong campaign is taking a bit of a break. Presidential candidate Hong Shouju announced in a Facebook post Wednesday that she will be temporarily suspending campaign activities to engage in what she described as deep self-reflection and meditation. Campaign officials say that she is by no means dropping out and that she is using this time to review a number of important policy decisions. So they're saying she should be back at it by uh, sometime next week. Of course, you know, you can say whatever you want, but the whole country is currently abuzz with speculation about what this might mean for her campaign. Is it uh, on the verge of collapsing? Is it on the verge of ending? Is it maybe a new direction coming from it? Uh, Donovan, how do you interpret this announcement? Well, she's come in at 12.7% in two recent polls, uh, the TISR and uh, Liberty Times. So, I th- And she's been running around the country, literally, the KMT has not been backing her. The, the factional politicians have been not supporting her. She's been given the cold shoulder everywhere she goes. Her campaign is falling flat. She's dropping in the polls. Everything is going absolutely wrong for her. And I think she's exhausted, but she also turned around and announced this via her Facebook page. She didn't do it with a press conference, and I think that's the surprising part about this. She said on her Facebook page, and which kind of reflects, I think, her mental state, it says, I have decided to temporarily cancel my topsy-turvy everyday schedule and undertake deep introspection and contemplation. I think she's burned out. I think she's exhausted. And everything and everything she does seems to be failing. I think she needs to take some take, take a little bit of time to 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 try and recoup and figure out where she's going to go. Now, the press, of course, is going on about the Jin Putong has returned, and maybe he's going to put in, give, give her some input, but we don't know. Mm. So if she is really feeling uh, this defeated, uh, wh- where does she go from here? I mean, are, are we perhaps seeing the beginning of the end for her, or, or, or maybe a dramatic change to uh, the direction of her campaign? What, what do you expect? Well, that's, that's the million-dollar question. Um, I think the 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 simple and obvious answer would be that she comes back with a slightly refined message. Uh, she builds her. She's made some peace with some some of her political opponents within the KMT. I think she's going to try and rally some support within the KMT. But it could be as radical as she comes back and says, "I'm going to be an independent candidate and." Uh, I'm going to completely do my own thing the way she wants to do it. That that could be a possibility. But I think, first and foremost, she needs to rally the, her own party because right now she's being pulled in totally different directions by all the different factions within the KMT. I guess one of the biggest surprises that uh, we've seen in, in recent weeks is uh, I, I don't know if anybody was really expecting her, uh, the Soong announcement to knock her back down to third place and, and keep her there. Maybe people thought that uh, Soong would jump in, he'd he'd see uh, he'd be a little bit of a flash in the pan, enjoy a couple of good weeks, and then you know would be back to business as usual. But she is now polling in third place. Uh, what what's keeping her in the race at this point? I mean, does she expect to win? Is is something else uh, going on? Donovan, does she have any reason to stay at this point? Well, that's why I think she's reflecting. I mean, she really needs to step back and 
Because literally, she's been dropping in the polls. She's now down to, again, as, as I just mentioned, 12.7 in two separate polls. Um, now, Song Tzu literally everybody, she is, she, people are so disgusted by her and her policies that they're actually considering a guy that they have roundly rejected repeatedly in the past. Uh, but I don't think he's going to last very, very much in the polls. I actually just wrote, wrote a piece where I think somebody else is going to run and somebody else is going to make a big splash coming up and will probably still lose to Tsai. But uh, I think that we're going to start, we're going to start seeing the, the appearance of new opposition and uh, she needs to she needs to take this time to to step back because he, nothing is working for her. Of course, she's not sick. Her office is probably quite important to say, but her office has come out and said she's not taking the time off for medical reasons. Because of course, this has happened in the past, I believe, with Frank Share several years ago, Donovan, when Frank Share from DPP disappeared, didn't he? sometime during his campaign, and there was speculation about him having a stroke, which, of course, didn't do his polls any good. Uh, <laughs> no, but he also, he also seemed to be conferring with a guy who believed in levitation. That's true. That didn't <laughs> help either. <laughs> All right, so whether it's levitation or a new candidate coming into the race, it does seem like we are on the brink of this thing uh, starting to get a little interesting. So uh, we're going to keep our eyes on it, but uh, first we're going to be taking a quick break. We'll be back in just a few moments with a look at the growing dengue fever crisis in Tainan and a report on Taiwan's favorite and least favorite mayors. That's all coming up after this. And we're back to Taiwan this week, ICRT's weekly roundup of news from around the island. I'm Keith Menconi, joined by Gavin Phipps and Donovan Smith. This summer's outbreak of dengue fever is the worst Taiwan has seen in at least 12 years. Maybe a lot longer, actually. That's when the record started. Uh, this week, the number of people infected by the mosquito-borne virus passed the 4,000 mark, with the great majority of cases coming from Tainan. Uh, island-wide, I believe the death toll stands at 10. Uh, so not usually a deadly disease, but still uh, quite dangerous. And uh, it's mostly the volume of of the cases that is is pretty shocking. Of course, uh, Gaoxiong saw a, a huge uh, eruption of cases last year. It seems like uh, it's Tainan's turn to take it this year. Uh, Gavin, what what do we know about why this has gotten so bad in Tainan this summer? Well, there has been. Obviously, we don't really know why, because it's still going on. But an expert has been quoted as saying that he believes that the outbreak has got so large because the city government has failed in its crisis management. And this guy called Shawei Dai, Tai, sorry, he's a retired researcher of the Centers for Disease Control, and he told the press that last year when Tainan was facing a severe dengue fever outbreak, public health personnel had warned the Tainan city government about a possible return of the disease every summer, which has obviously happened. While Kaohsiung got walloped last year, Tainan was on the verge of being walloped, and this official says that the current Tainan city government have failed to listen to the experts and their comments from last year, which is odd considering it's technically the same Tainan city government as last year anyway. <laughs> Uh, right, and uh, so Gaoxiong's uh, getting off uh, kind of easy, and people are saying that maybe that's because they learned the lessons of last summer. So, uh, lessons not learned in Tainan, Donovan? Well, uh, 
apparently not. I mean, right now there's actually 19 cases of, uh, 19 deaths are being investigated, 10 of which are confirmed. It looks like two of which uh, have been confirmed are not dengue fever. The alarming part is that there's been a jump of over 1,000 since Monday. Uh, there were, there were uh, 3,003 on Monday, and there's now 4,343. Uh, that's a big jump in just a couple of days. But I think the, the, the remarkable part about the story is, of course, that William Lai went back and joined the city council, which apparently, according to some reports, was brokered by the DPP so that he had a face-saving way of getting around his impeachment from the control union. Right. Of course, the government, of course, yesterday on Thursday, Premier Mao Zedong came out and he said that the central government has finally stepped in and set aside 30 million NT to help Thailand step up dengue fever prevention and control efforts, which also raises questions why the central government couldn't have done this earlier, of course. Right. Uh, let's hit that uh, point about Tainan Mayor William Lai. So uh, that was the big news that came out late last week, uh, is that he is going back to attend city council meetings. Of course, uh, as we've discussed before on the show, he had been boycotting all year uh, in protest of uh, city council speaker Li Chuan Chao, who is you know still in office despite allegations of uh, vote buying. Uh, but now Lai is back. He says that he has achieved initial results with his boycott, so uh, he's claiming a little bit of credit there. Uh, but this week we've heard uh, a lot of questions being raised about the adequacy of his government's response uh, to the outbreak. Uh, Gavin, what are people saying? Well, there has been criticism, like I said earlier, about his administration failing to sort of pay attention to what happened last year. And they've also said that apparently the spraying of the anti-mosquito spray, that's a stupid thing to say, anti-mosquito spray. Repellent? Well, not really repellent. Insecticide? Insecticide. Apparently there's been some reports in Thailand that apparently there is concern that some of the mosquitoes aren't quite dying because of this chemical. They maybe have become immune Mm. to the spray that they're putting down all over Thailand. They're KMT supporters, you know that. (laughs) We don't know. Well, we don't know because I mean, who knows? The mosquitoes are just trying to make them look bad. There's also KMT There was also an interesting thing about because it was Kaohsiung last year used seawater. It pumped seawater through its drainage system to kill all the mosquitoes, and of course, the dengue fever case numbers dropped after it did this. So of course, everyone went, "Yeah, hey, we can use seawater, salt water." pump through the systems and it will kill all the mosquitoes but of course William Lai was asked about this he said hey why don't you do what Gao Shung did and he basically said well it's not actually been proven that salt water or seawater is effective in killing mosquito larvae and their breeding grounds which I thought was quite interesting because of course last year everyone jumped up and down and said that's a really good idea Mm. Yeah, they they did they did do that, and actually, Tainan, the Tainan city government said that they were considering it. The problem is is that the using that means it it's, it, it salinates the, the the it salinates the the ground that they it, it, literally you take the the salt water and you salinate the ground that you spray with it, and of course, salt water is extremely corrosive, so it's it, it's a it's actually kind of a risky move to take. Well, if you flush, it's probably like a toilet. If you flush, it's clean, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we're going to flush that segment. Uh, speaking, <laughs> though, speaking though of 
Mr. William Lai. Uh, we've got some indication that his prolonged absence has uh, really done nothing to diminish his popularity in the public's heart. Commonwealth Magazine came out with its annual rankings of Taiwan's mayors this week. And coming out on top of the heat once again, there he is, Mr. William Lai. Uh, so we're going to spend this uh, last segment of the program uh, taking a look at how all of Taiwan's city heads are doing. But uh, let's start with Mr. Lai, since we're on the topic. Uh, this poll measured performance and public approval, so it had two different figures. Uh, measure them both out of uh, 100. So on the performance count, uh, Lai measured 79. And on the public approval count, he measured 88. Those are some pretty high numbers. That is like... People's Republic of Korea numbers. Uh, how, how is he doing so well? Because it's Tainan, and they really don't have anyone else down there to run the show, do they? And it's the fact that he boycotted the county council, city council meetings. Sorry, county council was some years ago. The fact that he boycotted the meetings could have actually given him more support, of course, because he wasn't going to stand up to this speaker who has been charged with corruption. And insisting he's not guilty, and also insisting that he refuses to step down, which, you know, that might have boosted his support rating somewhat. What I did find quite interesting, moving on from Tainan, is zooming back up to Taipei, of course, where, of course, Kerwin Jur, who was voted in with this huge, great rally of support for an independent candidate, I believe he ranked... When did he rank? Number, number nine. He actually ranked ninth. Yes, he actually scored a performance rating of 68.34, if you want the exact number there, which I thought was... Like I said, I thought it was going to be higher, actually. Respectable, but yeah, still not quite as, uh, as, mu- as good as the hype. But of course, in Taipei, we have to feel sorry for new Taipei Mayor Eric Chu, who, of course, scored a performance rating of 51.32. And this is being sort of put... He was at, that puts him in 15th place, I believe. No, 20th. 20th place. 20th, 22. Oh, 20th place, yes. Well, of course, he's got the whole was, fire incident uh, going against him. He was 15th last year, and he's dropped five places to Each. 20th this year, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't high up last year, contrary to all the hype about how popular he was, of course, which we heard in the run-up to the Let's Pick Someone for the KMT elections. But he's now 20th this year, and people are putting that down to, the, the, of course, the deadly explosion at the water park in June. Probably also the national stage hasn't treated him too well this year either. No, that's, this is true. No, definitely not. All right, uh, so let's, uh, since we have our uh, Central Taiwan correspondent, let's uh, sp- dwell on the central cities for a little bit. Uh, Donovan, what are you seeing down there? <laughs> it's just bad, 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 and bad. Oh, no. uh, <laughs> the best we got down here in Central Taiwan was 12th place uh, with Zhanghua County. Um, Wei Mingu came in 12th. Uh, Lin Jialong came in 17th. And Lin Minchong in Nanto came in 16th. Uh, not looking good. So are we to believe that Central Taiwan has no good leaders or that Central Taiwan's people are just harder to please? Well, they're, they're all newbies. So uh, I think the people actually don't really know that much of what's going on. And let's, let's, let's face it, the, the press nationally does not cover Ta- Central Taiwan well. Yeah. Except for me, of course. <laughs> Being part of the press, yes, of course. Uh, Lin Jialong, though, uh, he's doing better than his predecessor, though, right? Yeah, he's up, I believe, uh, off, uh, off the top of my head, I believe he's up about seven points mm-hmm. uh, over uh, Hu, uh, Hu Zhichang from last year. 
Um, actually, in Manto, the Minzun was up, I believe, about 14. Again, that's off the top of my head, but I believe it was about 14 points. All right. 14.8, I just found the numbers. And so, so you think people just need a little bit of time to know uh, what, what kind of policies they have? Or, uh, I mean, how warm are people to the uh, new direction that Lean has been taking the city in? Um, well, I mean, keep in mind we had the, the MRT disaster, uh, you know, the, the deaths with the MRT collapse, which is partly, not completely, but partly uh, the local city government's uh, fault here in Taichung City. Uh, and there, there's a general sense, and I've heard a lot of people talk about this, is that the, the, a lot of people feel that, that Lin Xiaolong is specifically targeted a lot of uh, Jason Hu Zhichang's policies or his, his projects specifically to make him look bad. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel that he's gone a little too far on that. All right. Uh, so probably we're going to see a lot more movement when these uh, numbers come out again next year. Uh, who was on the bottom of the list, Gavin? Oh, Mr. Xu Yao-Jung was on the bottom of the list. He's the Miaoli County Magistrate. He scored a performance rating of 43.31. He came 22nd, bottom of the table, which is quite interesting because he, when he was voted in last December, of course, he's, he, he scored 46.5% of the vote there. I mean, that was nearly double the DPP candidates, 28%. So, I mean, he basically, he was a, sh- he was a shoe-in in his election, but now he seems to be uh, going slightly out of favour. Of course, Miao Li is facing some financial issues, uh, so uh, I guess he's being tacked with the blame for that. Yeah, because the other guy's not there anymore, is he? So I can't blame him, can they? Kind of a, a, a bad place to pick up the bag, I guess. Something interesting about Miao Li is that Chen Weiting, uh, before the boobies-grabbing scandal, uh, in the legislative by-election was running way ahead in the polls. Which suggests that actually, although Miao Li, there's of course that you know Highway Three Hawker Belt that absolutely will not vote for the DPP, but they seem to be willing to vote for pretty much anybody but the KMT and the DPP, and I think that's quite that's going to be a, a very interesting factor to watch in the elections in January. All right. Well, uh, we most certainly will keep our eye on that in January. But rounding out the show for our podcast listeners, we've got our goofy bit, as we usually do. And uh, last week in this goofy bit segment, there was a porn star on my easy card. Now there is a full-grown human torso in my shopping bag. Gavin, what is going on? Yes, plastic shopping bags are Taiwan's hottest new summer fashion staple. So screamed one headline. Another headline screamed, this may be one not to catch on as teens in Taiwan start social media trend with selfies wearing nothing but plastic shopping bags. They're supposed to look like swimsuits, I think. They are supposed to look like swimsuits and apparently, according to one newspaper, convenience store 7-Eleven is a particularly chic brand for plastic bag fans. They're the, they're the in bag they're the, for yeah, plastic bags. They're the, they're the smallest ones as well. They're, yeah, I don't, I don't quite get how they fit. They do do big ones, but you have uh-huh. to ask for a big one. Yeah. <laughs> my experience with 7-Elevens, they really don't like to sell you big bags. No, they don't, they don't. And of course, I'm quite large around the waist, so <laughs> if I went in there and said I want to wear it, they'd have to give me a large 7-Eleven bag. I'm assuming you haven't posted any selfies in uh, plastic no, bags yet? No, and I look like a bag of potatoes, <laughs> so there you go. And I, I wouldn't laugh, Donovan, about that. No, 
<laughs> I'd look like a bag of potatoes too. <laughs> anyway, moving on to this story more seriously, if you can take a serious anything about people wearing plastic bags. One tabloid wrote, A new bizarre fashion trend suggests you may have been overlooking the ultimate clothing item, despite unwittingly bringing it home with you after every shopping trip. People are stripping naked and posting photos of themselves wearing nothing but a plastic bag as part of the latest social media sensation in Taiwan. And the piece goes on to say that men and women on the island alike are thrilled with their latest garments, although the transparent bags leave absolutely nothing to the imagination. Pretty much nothing. Uh, you, you have to be careful if you wore one of these because it might sort of flop out if you're a man and it might be a bit see-through if you're a woman, I guess. <laughs> There's a lot of things you got to worry about with these things. But it has gone viral here. And if you actually go to the interweb <laughs> these days and you type in Taiwan plastic bag fashion, you will find a myriad of photographs of people of various shapes and sizes donning their latest fashion staple. Donovan, have you familiarized yourself with this myriad of photos? Yes, and I'm just going to sum it all up in one in, in one statement. It's funny. Yeah, it is pretty Period. funny. That's it. It's it is funny. pretty funny. People who are doing it, they know that it's, it's funny. There's, no, there, there's nothing serious about this. All right, well... It's, it's, good. it's, it's all very good fun, <laughs> and I really enjoy it, and I really hope people keep doing it. But wait till the latest mango trend comes out when mango sell plastic. People go to mango and they don't buy clothes, they just take the plastic bags. The, 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 the fashion industry must be really hurting this summer. They're losing all their sales to these plastic bags. Yeah, H&M, Forever 21. Can you imagine they going to a store and going, terrified. what would you like to buy? Or oh, nothing, just give me a plastic bag with H&M on it. <laughs> that would be the really fashionable choice this summer. Uh, all right, so... We're going to follow Don and Donovan's advice. We are not going to overthink this. We are not going to find some uh, deep cultural controversy to un, uh, unravel. We're just going to end out the show on a light note. You can send us your thoughts on the week's major stories on the Facebook page or on our blog. You'll also be able to find this program online at the ICRT website and on iTunes. If you are listening through iTunes, please take a second to rate and review the show. Let us know what you're thinking and helps other people discover the program. Signing off from the ICRT studio, I am Keith Menconi, joined as always by Gavin Phipps. Thank you, Gavin. Bye-bye. And Donovan Smith. Donovan, thank you as well. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. See you again next time on Taiwan This Week. Tune in again next Friday evening at 8.30 for another informative look at the top stories of the week with Taiwan This Week. And don't forget to also check out our podcast on our website, icrt.com.tw. Now keep it here for more music and news only on ICRT FM 100.